0: Louise Weir, stroke nurse practitioner at Royal Melbourne Hospital, will be speaking at the Stroke Society Australasia scientific meeting in 2010. Topic Improving access to palliative care for people who have had a stroke and their carers. She spoke to Carmen Leif Jenkins, managing editor of the International Journal of Stroke. Louise, what are the specific project objectives? The project objectives um, for improving access to palliative care for people who have had a stroke in their carers—it's a long title. The project was really to try and develop and pilot a care pathway to guide timely assessment of stroke patients and to ensure appropriate access to palliative care services as required. Another one of the the specific project objectives was to try and establish a partnership model between the palliative care services and the stroke services to ensure that stroke and palliative care providers have a shared understanding about how and when the palliative care team or palliative care service may become involved in the care of someone who's had a stroke. I think that's a really uh, important key component of this project because it really is all about the partnerships between the two services. Another specific project objective was to try and provide consumers and their carers with a greater choice of care options, including the opportunity to die at home if that was their choice. And it was also to try and make recommendations for the translation of the pathway and protocol to other services. We know that between a period of June 2007 and June 2008, 14,740 people um, presented to Victorian hospitals with stroke, and of those patients, 1,387 people subsequently died in hospital. The northwest West region has the largest number of stroke separations of all DHS regions and accounts for about 40.5% of all stroke presentations in Victoria. And it was really based on this data about palliative care and stroke needs in Victoria that the Melbourne Health Palliative Care Services and the Stroke Care Unit were approached along with Melbourne City Mission and we were all approached to participate in the Palliative Care Stroke Project. What is the significance of this project? Well, we know that despite significant achievements in acute stroke management and the treatment of stroke, about 14% of all acute stroke patients admitted to hospital die in hospital, and 9% of these deaths actually occur within the first seven days. There's further figures um, that show that one in five people who have had a first ever stroke will die within a month, and one in three will die within a year. So we know that palliative care is advocated for all dying patients regardless of their presenting illness, but it's predominantly been associated with patients dying as a consequence of malignant disease. And there is a really growing interest in the role of palliative care in patients dying of non-malignant disease, such as stroke. There has been a number of uh, developments over the past few years. In, back in 2007, uh, looking at the Department of Health Service of developing the Stroke Care Strategy for Victoria, And that was really um, put in place to address these and other stroke-related issues. And in particular, Recommendation 9 of the strategy really states that appropriately culturally sensitive palliative care should be provided and communication with carers and family members should be undertaken in accordance with the existing national guidelines. We can see with the soon-to-be-released 2010 National Stroke Foundation Guideline, there there really are recommendations that appropriate palliative care be instituted, that we have accurate assessment of the prognosis of imminent death and for patients with severe stroke and patients who are deteriorating. And they've also made recommendations about um, the introduction of clinical pathways to try and guide management. Working within the project, what are the key predictors of mortality? Some of the key predictors of mortality, uh, there's there's evidence from Broderick and Brott uh, back in '93. They looked at the volume of intracerebral hemorrhage in combination with the initial Glasgow Coma score. Um, they found it to be a powerful and easy to use predictor of 30 day mortality and morbidity in patients with spontaneous intracerebral hemorrhage. So certainly in clinical practice we will often look at uh, predictors of mortality for example if a patient was to present to us with a, uh, let's say, a 60 centimetre cubed intercerebral hemorrhage on the initial CT scan, a Glasgow Coma score of 8 or less, that they have a predicted 30 day mortality of about 91%. So we can tell from um, initial CT scans, obviously each patient is an individual, and with that these are guidelines, but certainly um, there are predictors for intercerebral hemorrhage and also for ischemic stroke that we can use as clinicians to try and guide our management and support support. support families through this, you know, really devastating uh, state that they're in. We've spoken about the predictors of uh, mortality for intercerebral hemorrhage, but I guess uh, one of the predictors of mortality for cerebral infarct could be based on some of the work from the Oxfordshire Community Stroke Project. And Bamford, Sandico and Dennis, back in 1991 with the Oxfordshire Community Stroke Project, uh, went on to do further classification and natural history of clinically identifiable subtypes of cerebral infarction. And with that uh, work, they found this could be a helpful predictor of mortality. Specifically with the the TACI group or total anterior circulation infarcts, the the TACI syndromes often have a negligible chance of good functional outcome and mortality can be high. We know that when patients present with a TACI syndrome, around about 60% will die within one year, 35% will remain dependent, and 5% will get back to being independent. It's often this information that you can then... um, marry up with patients' premorbid status, other comorbidities to help guide you in in who may or may not have a good outcome following stroke. Obviously these are only guides and each patient is individualised and the care needs to be individualised to them but often that is helpful when discussing mortality with patients' families because often they do actually like to, to hear figures. Some people are very statistically orientated and um, it can be helpful to explain that often it is the younger patients, the 30, 40 and 50 year olds who are more likely to be in that independent uh, patient group and our more elderly patients with multiple comorbidities and and poor pre-morbid function who are more likely to have poorer outcomes. Why is there so little literature on palliative care and stroke? Despite the recognition of the importance of palliative care and stroke, we can really see that there is a paucity of literature to inform us about specific palliative care needs of stroke patients and how we can best meet these in, you know, in a tertiary setting or a hospital setting. There is, a, there is a, a lot of literature out there about palliative care, but in terms of palliative care and stroke, there's only very few studies that can guide out our processes that we actually do. So Louise, what are the aims of palliative care? Well, the aims of palliative care are really to affirm affirm life and regard death as a normal process. We don't want to either hasten or postpone death, but it's really important to be able to provide relief from pain and other distressing symptoms. We try and integrate the physical, psychological and spiritual aspects of care and try and offer a support system to help patients live as actively as possible until death, if appropriate. We also try and offer a support system to help patients' families cope during the patient's illness and also throughout their own bereavement and importantly we need to try and uphold the right of every person to receive good end-of-life care and and these really just touch on the I guess the aims of palliative care and these objectives have been built into our um, stroke palliative approach pathway uh, that we've developed as a result of the um the Stroke Palliative Care Project that we've been involved with and I think, you know, really are the cornerstone of of providing good palliative care. Who in a hospital is the ideal manager of the Palliative Care Pathway? Well, the Palliative Care Pathway has been designed as a multidisciplinary document. It really is to involve the multidisciplinary team in the decision-making and also um, in achieving all of the goals which we set out to achieve. The Palliative Care Pathway has been adapted from the Liverpool Care Pathway, which is a very well-known palliative care pathway, and and we've adapted the pathway to meet our stroke population specifically. What are the differences between our stroke population and the Liverpool stroke population? The Liverpool Care Pathway is a a generalised palliative care pathway, so it wasn't specifically designed for stroke patients in mind. So it it encompasses patients who have uh, other malignant diseases, cancers, um, whereas this one is specifically for stroke patients potentially a condensed version. We really wanted to make a pathway that would be, I guess, nurse friendly, that would be ad- um, adopted well within within the stroke unit. We feel we've piloted this pathway as part of our project over a three month period and um, have been involved in lots of feedback sessions uh, with staff. Uh, within our stroke unit and also in the palliative care unit and had some really great feedback. With with the pathway, when we piloted over that three-month period, um, the implementation was supported by conducting training sessions for the clinicians and through provision of information and resources for families and carers. Prior to actually developing the stroke um, palliative approach pathway, we um, undertook process mapping to confirm and document the current management approaches uh, that were previously being used. Uh, we, We did an audit of stroke and palliative care databases to try and characterise our patient population and identify factors that influence referral of patients from the stroke unit to the palliative care unit. We were involved in interviews, observational visits to try and identify the needs with respect to stroke and palliative care patients and the nature of the available resources. We also undertook um, a clinical record audit of patients dying as a result of stroke to try and establish current clinical management and documentation. Uh, We also performed clinical surveys both at the Royal Melbourne Hospital and also externally. The Victorian Stroke Clinical Network uh, assisted us in sending those surveys out across the state. And what was the basis of the surveys? Yeah, it was really to try and understand the current practice, um, experience and attitudes and needs in relation to the care of palliative stroke patients. So we also performed focus groups of clinicians to review the draft pathway and and supporting education and information strategies. Following... um, implementation of the pathway and and when we've uh, reviewed uh, the patients that were piloted, we could see that we've improved the documentation of the common symptoms occurring in palliative stroke patients. Um, and we found that there was information that was not previously routine captured, routinely captured in documentation. Things like medical power of attorney, advanced care planning, if patients were wanting to be organ donors, and this seemed to be much uh, improved with the, the care pathway and these things were being addressed we also discussion of the location of dying. Part of this project was to see if potentially we could have patients return to home and have palliative care in the home, which is obviously quite a difficult thing to achieve given the complex needs of, of palliative stroke patients, but that's something that has been discussed as a result of the project. We also tried to create a, a supportive culture around the care of the dying patient, and I think that the, the pathway does assist because it really does have a step-by-step process of what people can follow in terms of um, you know how we can meet patients' needs best. So it's user-adaptable for families as well? Well, this is really a, a staff palliative approach pathway, but as part of the project, we also developed um, a number of information brochures. So in order to help families of stroke patients during the palliative phase and after death, we actually did three information brochures that, that we developed along the way. So the aim of the brochures was to give a better insight into palliative care for stroke patients and what may be expected during the palliative phase. Um, Also issues that may be involved in taking the patient home to die. That was something that we addressed. And also um, issues that may arise after death. And and that was really titled, you know, what to do when someone dies. And, you know, these are information brochures that are available to to, uh, families and caregivers on the ward to give them extra information throughout the process. What outcomes are you now expecting to change in clinical practice? So based on the outcomes of the pilot, the pathway has formally been adopted into the Royal Melbourne Hospital processes. The Royal Melbourne Hospital is committed to integration of ongoing evaluation and development of the stroke palliative approach pathway into quality and audit planning. We've also um, committed to ongoing staff education to further develop uh, knowledge and skills in the management of stroke palliative patients. And we've also, we want to incorporate the Stroke Palliative Approach Pathway education into our orientation for new medical nursing and allied health um, staff members. There's a formal recognition that the Stroke Palliative Approach Pathway is now an official Royal Melbourne Hospital medical record form that we will use for palliative patients. We've also nominated a delegate from each clinical area to ensure responsibility for future evaluation. Um, Given this was part of a a project, we would like to see it continue on. Um, So I know that it's been adopted into the guidelines that are going to be launched, so does that mean you expect hospitals like the Austin, etc., to embrace these guidelines? Our recommendation as part of the project was that um, implementation of the stroke palliative approach pathway be considered in other acute health services, um, which accept patients with stroke, with a diagnosis of stroke. The stroke palliative approach pathway would be a particular value to health services without access to specialist palliative care. We do have access to specialist palliative care and we've seen it, you know, help in guiding our management of palliative stroke patients, but we could certainly see value for people who don't have that access to palliative care services as readily as we do in tertiary referral hospitals. And also probably in rural and regional areas, essentially. absolutely. Um, We'd also like to support wider implementation. So the project team has developed an implementation resource um, which will be made available and promoted by a range of stakeholder networks. We'd like to see a package that would be downloadable. It would have all of the key documents within it, so centres around... Victoria or or Nationwide would be able to download the Stroke Palliative Approach Pathway. So to support wider implementation, the project team has developed and implemented a resource um, which will be made available and promoted via a range of stakeholder networks. And, And we'd like to see that this resource would be downloadable. It would have the Stroke Palliative Approach Pathway. It would have training materials, so a training PowerPoint, it would also have resources for families, so it would have all the books that have been developed. That would then be able to be adopted for for different settings. So, I mean, the idea of the project really is to be able to roll it out further afield because we, you know, we really found it to be a helpful document. The palliative care stroke project was an 18-month project running from January 2009 to June 2010 involved the Melbourne Health Palliative Care Service and the Melbourne Health Stroke Care Unit uh, and also the Melbourne City Mission and we were all approached to participate in the Palliative Care Stroke Pilot Project. So the project um, was managed by Gillian McCarthy, who was the Palliative Stroke Project Manager at Melbourne Health. And the Melbourne Health Project team included Brian Lee, Department of Palliative Care Melbourne Health, Amanda Hammond, Occupational Therapy at Melbourne Health, James Watt, Clinical Nurse Consultant, Palliative Care Services Melbourne Health, uh, myself, Louise Weir, Stroke Nurse Practitioner of the Stroke Care Unit at Melbourne Health, Carolyn Brand, Consultant for Project Health at Melbourne Health, Fiona Langren, who was the consultant for Project Health. It was a project that was an initiative of the Victorian Department of Health, formerly the Department of Human Services, and funded by the Australian Government, the Department of Health and Ageing under the National Palliative Care Project. Thanks so much for your time today, Louise. Thank you. Thanks a lot.